Hey gang, Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Spencer Graham, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pezek, Toj, Sarah Thal, and Bradford N. Smith for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those two Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your host, Billy. And we're watching Scooby-Doo Spooky Games. titling scheme scooby-doo exclamation point title of movie not well, even scooby-doo in spooky games or yeah. at spooky games Th- that feels like a much um like a 90s 2000s title to go scooby-doo at the spooky games but this is this is just spooky games i think when it's scooby-doo exclamation point and then nothing else before the title This feels like the title is just Spooky Games. I'm not even going to put a the in there. No. The Spooky Games? I hate it. (laughs) Well, what confuses me here is more what this is. It is an added bonus episode Mm -hmm. on top of like an animated movie. But I couldn't tell you which animated movie, because we just ah. finished a series, so I don't know why we didn't watch this with the animated movie. I can, because it wasn't an animated movie. It was a DVD release of the Laugh Olympics episodes. Ah, I see. I think it was like the second Laugh Olympics DVD. So this was just, you know, the only reason to buy a Laugh Olympics DVD. Pretty much! <laughs> And you know what? It needs the incentive, if I recall from our attempt to watch Laugh Olympics. Yeah, the DVD what was called Scooby-Doo Laugh Olympics Spooky Games. So that sort of explains the theming of what's going on here. But what's weird to me is that everything about this, the animation style, the little intro we have, just the general tone of the whole thing. It feels like this era's animated movies, but it's TV episode length. Which I appreciated greatly because I was not prepared to watch a movie yesterday. No, no, not coming back into it after our hiatus. It, It was nice to have something a little shorter to sink our teeth into. Um, but still, it's a TV episode without a TV series. It's this strange little thing. I remember... I think one of these was on Netflix, and we sat down to watch it, all excited to spend the next hour and a half of our lives watching a movie, and then it just ended. It wasn't this one, though. It wasn't. This one is brand new to me. 
Although maybe not. I mean, <laughs> this era of Scooby-Doo was all just on Netflix Canada at one right. point. We had it on like just continuously. I might have missed one that was of these like, I feel like if Netflix did not have Scooby-Doo back in whatever year it was, we may not have started this podcast. No, because we never would have watched Mystery Inc. Yeah. Netflix really like rekindles a love for Scooby-Doo here. Now, maybe I shouldn't be making this endorsement now that they want you to pay for HBO Go, but... Or HBO Max? What the... You know what? We can't get it in Canada, so it doesn't matter. So it's pirate's life for me. No, 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 no. Sometimes. Now! <laughs> um, as you might imagine, Scooby-Doo Spooky Games came out in 2012... Right in time for the London 2012 Olympics. And true to form, this episode also takes place in London. Because, hell yeah, we got the location stat back! Now that we're not in Crystal Cove. At first glance, we are not auditioning for the Olympics. I know that's not the word you use, but it's what it felt like this opening was because this like British woman is just in America looking at run. It's like <laughs> open she, call. Yeah, she <laughs> she had like everything else is planned, and then she's just like, "Oh fuck, I didn't get any runners." <laughs> that's the event she missed. I got the statue. I got the catering. I got the venue. <gasps> the athletes. So, like, here she is in America, just at, like, a high school track auditioning people for the Olympics. And she's auditioning people for the World International Games. Yes. Which is the fucking most redundant title I've ever heard. It is so funny to me when we see the logo for the World International Games, and it's, like, six colorful hexagons linked together. This, to me... Feels like when they call the Super Bowl the big game. Like, ooh, no, we don't we don't have the rights to say Olympics. Y'all know what we're talking about because it's a big cultural thing. But it's the International World Games. Ha wink. And it's a redundant name. Why not just call it the World Games? <laughs> Why throw international in there? Because, um... Because if we didn't put international, Americans would think it's just an American competition? They'd be very yeah, confused. Yeah, probably. And, okay, so here's the other thing. This, this is TV episode length, but it is still structured the same way that these movies have been. So, at first glance, Shaggy and Scooby are running away from a manta ray monster. It is the horrifying mascot. Of the high school track where yes. they are. The manta rays. That manta ray shouldn't have those teeth and those eyes. It, it the picture was, of yeah. the mascot manta ray is going to give me nightmares. This, 10 out of 10. This is the other thing about this era. It keeps doing these little, like, end of mystery things with dope as hell villains. I fucking love that manta ray. I want to know how it flies. Yeah. Or if it just runs and flaps its little flappy arms. That's that's spooky too. And I, you know what? We're probably going to get dinged for it. I'm not sure if it was a manta ray or a stingray. I think they might have called it a stingray. But with, but with manta ray, you can call it a menace. So that rings truer to I'm me to what pretty, it should have been called. I'm pretty sure it was one of the girls that said Manta Ray Menace hmm. when they unmasked I it. I mean, that would make sense to... Mm, no. 
mascot menace. Ah. Yeah. Well, I'm saying a manta ray because manta I don't know the better. difference. Which one killed Steve Irwin? A stingray. Okay. Do manta rays not have the tail barb? All I know is that when I go to the aquarium, I like to stand in front of the ray tank because they press themselves against the glass and they've got stupid little secret faces on the underside. <laughs> Always look like they're happy to see you. One of the biggest, uh, yeah, one of the biggest differences between manta rays and stingrays is that manta rays do not have a tail stinger or barb like stingrays, though they are related. Okay, so manta rays are the ones that you put in the kitty tanks for everyone to poke at. Yes. Poor manta rays. Evolve to have stingers and you won't get poked anymore. (laughs) That's our advice to all of our manta ray listeners. Yes. I assume we have many. They're my favorite part of the aquarium. That's why we keep going to the aquarium and just we, we we take our headphones and we just press them up to the glass. I accidentally made a vaporwave video at the aquarium when we went that one time. <laughs> I filmed the manta ray tank and like the angle of the light coming through the yeah. water and the water like moving and they were swooping in and out. If I put just like an old timey VHS effect over that, yeah, perfect vaporwave. Sweet. It's on my Instagram, everyone, if you're interested. Check it out. What's that Instagram handle? A Fatal Amelia. There we, that's for all the people that don't hang around till the end of the episodes. Listen frequently. Check out about a half hour in. <laughs> all right, give us a premise. Shaggy is selected to participate in the World Invitational Games in London, England. You said a lot of wrong words in this I, premise. No, is I this didn't. What it, says? it says World Invitational Games on Scoobypedia. The way I pronounced England was more of a, a funny bit, but, yeah. The, c- the country's known as England, and that's, I mean, that's, that's bare bones. It, it intrigues you, and, you know. It gives us nothing of the villain. Usually it gives us a little taste of the... Wouldn't it be amazing if there was none? If this what was if just she... Shaggy yeah. performing poorly around professional athletes. Just just about his self-worth, the rest of the gang is there, uh, helping him out. You could have all this other side business. Get rid of the villain. It's the, the new evolution of Scooby-Doo. Uh, but who do you want to start with here? Um, I want to start with Shaggy and Scooby and work my way down my list. Okay. Since it just gets less and less notes for everyone as we go down. I have notes about that. Oh, good. You've got (laughs) notes in a separate category about why you don't have notes. Yeah. The Shaggy Scooby shenanigans. Uh, We open this episode, they are running away from a flying manta ray mascot ghoul of some kind. And they end up on the track at the same time as the pro athletes Mm -hmm. are, you know, trying to win their invitation to the world games. And they weave their way through them very politely. They do. But they also... Don't, they don't touch anyone. No one gets knocked down. The Shaggy I know would have knocked those fuckers down. Everyone would have ended up in a giant rolling ball. This is a Shaggy for a new era. But maintaining something we've seen from Shaggy for years and years, he is very fast when running from a monster. So he does actually outpace all of the professional athletes on the field. This is the Shaggy who won the all-sports tournament. Why wasn't Tim Conway here? I, I think you, if you look at the crowd, those blank faces, one of them is Tim Conway. It's like when you look up at the night sky. One of the stars will always be Tim Conway looking down at you. 
Are you really this attached to Tim Conway? I feel like you only know him from Scooby-Doo and that Simpsons <laughs> spin-off spectacular. He'd Mary Tyler Moore. I've never known you to watch the Mary Tyler Moore I show. Should, uh, he He's just a delight. Barnacle Boy? <laughs> um, Sh- Shaggy and Scooby did, though. So Shaggy, running very fast from the monster, gets uh, scouted by the by the talent scout there and says, hey, maybe you should compete in these world games. And he's like, okay. Very, actually, you know what? Not just that. He is very excited about the possibility. Uh, Scooby is invited to as his coach. Well, no, first, they're both like, what, me? And she says, no, just him. Dogs can't play. Yeah. But you can be his coach. And you know what? Scooby's really good with that. Shaggy's excited to be there. We see him when they're doing the opening ceremonies of these games. And Shaggy very sweetly says to himself, I am a games athlete. He's also it, it, confirms himself to be a pothead when he joins in with Team Jamaica. The, the shout- that can only mean one thing. The shout out to Team Jamaica is so weird. Like, yes, we've all seen cool runnings. We all love their Olympic spirit. But A, that was the Winter Games. And and B, I, I don't know, if it's not a pothead joke, what is it? Well, that's what it that's is. That's what it is. If not... He would have joined any other team. Yeah. <laughs> team Germany as he's eating some strudel. Because that actually is uh, Scooby's coaching style. Yeah, just fill him with fast food so he'll be faster. Yeah. Shaggy has the comment after eating that fast food. He says, my stomach is already running. Does that mean he's shitting himself? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> like, what else could that I, mean? I think it was meant to be something like his his stomach was was twisted up with like some sort of anxiety or something. No, he's but... eating all this fast food. It's greasy. It's it's giving him indigestion. I'm pretty sure he has just confirmed that he is a pothead and that he is out there on the Olympic greens shitting himself. So it's it's not his finest hour. Seemingly. No, clearly not. <laughs> You want, you want to know what else is in his finest hour? What? He gets a large sandwich, and he eats it from the top down, okay. invalidating the point of the submarine sandwich to get a little bit of everything in every bite. This big sandwich really bothers me. Oh, it's Be- so floppy. He's carrying Gross. it through town, through the Olympic Village, like it's a corpse. Like, it is the 1930s Frankenstein, and he is a father bringing his dead daughter through town. He's mourning as this sandwich hangs limply in his arms. Yeah, and the thing about a sandwich is it shouldn't be limp. No, it, sh- it should be good and stiff. How are all those fillings staying in? It's, it would just all slop I f- out. Yeah, I feel like there's too much sauce. He didn't toast the bread. It is a poorly thought out sandwich. And then he eats it from the top down. His first bite, nothing but bread. Yeah. And is he eating it from the middle, too? Because you're just going to end up with two smaller sandwiches if you do that. What are you going to do? Each of those two? Now you eat those from the middle? Now you have four. You're going to end up with infinite sandwiches. (laughs) No, it's going to be a balance issue. He's going to eat out the middle and then the... The sides are just going to spill out because the equilibrium's all off. Shaggy asks why, when they follow tracks, they can never lead anywhere nice, like the <laughs> beach. 
And I have to ask, Shaggy, how many times have you followed tracks on the beach and found, like, a shark demon waiting yeah. to swallow your soul? Doesn't matter where it is. If it, le- if it leads to a monster, it's not a nice place. And speaking of monsters, can I mention the other part of Scooby-Doo's coaching style? Uh, which is to t- terrify him? Yes, because he knows that Shaggy only runs fast when being chased by a monster. So Scooby-Doo dresses up as the monster that's actually terrifying the games in this episode. I and thought, chases him. Okay, because Shaggy introduces this concept to Scooby being like, well, maybe I'm not fast. Right. Maybe I'm just scared. And Scooby at the time has a huge duffel bag in his arms. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Shaggy's just like, what's that? And Scooby, you know, plays mysterious for the time being. But I think personally he should have been like, Space Goo can unzip it. I busted this man out of jail to chase you. You know what I kind of wish? I wish that that actually was the unveil of a villain. That it was Scooby all along? That would have been amazing. That the only villain of this episode would have been Scooby-Doo attempting to scare Shaggy to make him go faster. Throw all the other red herrings out there, but at the end of the day, it's just Scooby-Doo trying to impress his friend. Because has the monster ever been Scooby-Doo before? Uh, off the top of my head, I cannot remember. Uh, Velma as Queen Cleopatra comes immediately to mind. Yes. I don't know if Scooby's ever purposefully been like, I'm going to scare Shaggy Shitless yeah. as the main other, villain. Other than, like, at the end of every episode in the 70s. Because yeah. he, That's so often, That's, so often. That was the gag that wasn't the main villain. Yeah. Scooby wasn't unveiled to be like the David Bowie ghost. <laughs> but yeah, it came so close here to a very uh, fresh reveal of Scooby-Doo doing it to, I mean, that's what he did. But there also was another monster in the mix. My last note for these two. uh, Are Shaggy's feet really that fucking clown huge? He's got like sideshow bob feet. I know that you've repressed this. But we have seen Shaggy's feet outside of his shoes. And they were quite large. Okay, the weird winds of Winona doesn't count because that was the terrible fucking animation era when they just did whatever the fuck they wanted you say you say that i say that is defined canon well i say it was a mistake like shaggy isn't so big that his feet need to be size 17 (laughs) i mean you're looking at his shoes here i don't think he would wear just full-on clown shoes to the olympics and yet that's what we get we get clown shoes with cleats (laughs) i didn't even know they made them like that moving on to the fred factor Fred has such an endearing little side plot in this episode. Before that, though, I want to call attention to when they are sitting in, like, the VIP booth watching Shaggy do his little parade around the arena at the beginning of the Olympics. Oh, excuse me, the World Games. <laughs> we, we, I think we can say Olympics. <laughs> Olympics aren't going to come down our throats. And Fred's sitting in a chair, and he's got his hands cupped on his lap. Like, they were supposed to animate a big gulp or something in his hands and then just forgot. Oh, like he's holding them cupped like that? He's holding it like he's trying to hold a large object. Oh. And I'm just like, why the fuck is Freddy sitting like that? 
Or she Give the man his big gulp back. Is he maybe sitting there tenting his fingers in like a, hmm, I wonder if they'll run fast. They, if it was a finger tent, it was not at the a right curve, angle. A curved it, finger it tent. Was, it was like a rounded, here's my dick type okay. thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just bizarre. What did they forget to draw in? My vote's on a big gulp, personally. <laughs> I think big gulp is correct. Maybe a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> at the Olympics. Yeah. They're to- I mean, they sell snacks at the Olympics. They're such a crowd. I don't know. The Olympics doesn't feel like it's allowed to be fun. <laughs> you know, you go to a football game and you get nachos, you get your hot dog yeah. with sauerkraut on top. Oh, it's delicious. You go to the Olympics, you sit there stoically and you witness these peak performances happening in front of you. Yeah, no one's ever like, yeah, let's go get fucking lit and go see the equestrian events. Yeah, because everyone understands that the equestrian events are rigged, the horse should be winning the medal. Absolutely. So Fred's little subplot here, it is the best thing ever. The girls are all going goo-goo over a pole vaulter. And so Fred... Just completely does a bold-faced lie and says that he does some pole vaulting, too. Yep. Because he's jealous of Daphne's little crush. Yeah. And this pole vaulter man is very kind, and he, he says, hey, maybe you could do some vaulting here. To which Fred stares at him stone-faced. <laughs> you can see his heart breaking in his eyes just a little bit. And he goes, thanks. like there is a defined pause as fred breaks and i love it as he realizes his actions have consequences yes he is stuck with this lie that he's a pole vaulter and then he almost falls to his death twice the first time from a booby trapped pole vaulting pole yes that breaks in half the second from when a a very springy pole vaulter pole launches him like a hundred feet yeah. into the air. <laughs> it's very good. Um, but I have to say, I really like how this plays out because Fred doesn't like double down on the lie. He realizes this could actually be quite dangerous. It could be something he shouldn't do. And so he tells everyone that he shouldn't do it, that, hey, maybe this isn't right. Like, and everyone knows he's lying. But they're like, Fred, it doesn't have to be a lie. Oh, yeah, you can just be an just Olympic gi- grade pole vaulter on your first try, man, go! Just give it a shot! Like, what I thought here is that Steve Looker, the actual pole vaulter, he sees that Fred is maybe feeling not his full self with this. His ego is maybe deflating a bit. And I feel like Steve Looker's like, look, man, give it a shot. You, you want a little bone to throw with it your way? Be a pole vaulter at the Olympics. And I love that generosity. The, the line, it doesn't have to be a lie from Steve. Wonderful. It feels right for Fred. It feels very good for Fred to get that. Um, On to the Daphne dilemma. The Daphne dilemma, when she's sitting in the VIP booth, when Shaggy's doing, you know, his little walk around, mm-hmm. she says that Shaggy's cowardice is going to get him a gold medal. But she words it in such a way that it's like, he's been trying to get a gold medal from his cowardice for years. <laughs> and this is just the first opportunity where it's like, yeah, he'll get it. <laughs> you, can fi- you can finally get that gold 
that you've like, been you've been training and he's been, <laughs> he's been harassing her to hand out gold medals for years and she's just like oh finally okay i thought you meant that like that daphne was kind of like messing up her joke that what she said but you're saying that it's like more like relief like oh all right there now you can get it no her wording was was just that you know it sounded like he's finally gonna get that medal for cowardice Instead of, he's going to get a medal for cowardice. Oh, okay. So just that extra of the word finally, it, it adds, it's some lore of a previous story in there. It, it builds a world. Yeah. World within worlds. Okay, I get that. <laughs> Daphne's main thing at the Olympics is that she's got a crush on Steve. A bad one. Yes. She wants to uh, vault this man's pole something fierce. <laughs> That was a, a better joke than I anticipated. <laughs> that was very good. Oh, you knew I had a joke coming, huh? Yeah, I did. <laughs> At one point, Steve's room gets attacked by the giant statue monster that's terrorizing the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And everyone splits up to do the usual, you know, stuff that mystery solvers do. And Daphne jumps real quick on all search Steve's room for clues. And probably also some dick. I... Now, I'm going to clarify that she doesn't say that. That's not explicit. That's it's, implied. It's subtext. It's explicitly implied. Um, moving on to the Velma vision, Velma is also a little smitten with Steve because she learns that he is a, a book reader. I think she's just more surprised. When's the last time you heard of a man reading a book? It's been a few years, hasn't it? I've, I haven't uh, seen it in the news much lately, so it's possible. But yeah, she is, uh, I, I think there's a little bit of smittening going on in there. I feel like that adds to, to Fred's sense of uh, trying to rebuild himself as a man in this episode that both the girls are into Steve. Does he want both the girls into him? I've never known him to be eager for Velma. <laughs> it's, it's just the fact we're all, you know, when all eyes are off of you, it hurts. Velma has known all these years how, see, look at Fred's hands. Oh, you're, okay, that to me, we're gonna dive deep into this hand thing. To me, it's like he's twiddling his thumbs. But there's no thumb twiddling happening. <laughs> we don't have the budget for thumb twiddling. We just, it's well, just the implied. you should have put a fucking static drink cup in his hands. Probably would have Then helped. he wouldn't have had to draw his thumbs at all. Look at the way he's sitting. It's, it's so bizarre. The, okay, the more I look at it, it is strange because the other two characters have their hands folded in their laps. Both Daphne and Diana have have their hands crisscrossed like a little butterfly at rest, whereas Fred has his fingers interlocked and thumbs touching. We're, it's weird. It's probably going to be the Snapchat picture that if, I accompany this with. Zoom in. <laughs> zoom in real deep on those hands. Um, Velma has known for years how fast Shaggy is. Obviously, they've been watching Shaggy run from Scary Ship for years. But why did she never before this point suggest that he use his talents <laughs> for something like this? Yeah, because she's not surprised that he's a world-class runner. Like, go into it. I don't know. But here's the thing, like, he, ha he has won multiple events in running before. They're the history of Scooby-Doo. But it's, just, it's always the first time. Everyone always thinks they're the first one to throw out the idea of Shaggy running professionally. But you go to his home, it's all awards. 
Last note for Velma, she has an eyedropper and a microscope slide at the ready. She brought this to London with her. She put it in whatever pockets she has on her being. She shouldn't because she's wearing a turtleneck and a skirt. Like, she just wakes up in the morning and is like, slide in my pocket? Yeah, I mean, is it a foldable microscope? Like, some women carry around condoms just in case. She needs her slide. Velma carries around microscope slides. Clean and sterile. Now, so here's my note about both Daphne and Velma. At the end of the episode, Daphne says, Well, you boys were off chasing medals. Velma and I were solving the mystery. Because you don't see a whole lot of Daphne and Velma in this episode. But that is kind of redeemed for me when we get the flashback sequence of Solving the Mystery, which itself is very inspired by Mystery Incorporated. Uh, But the whole flashback sequence, you see what Velma and Daphne were doing, which is solving the mystery. They're going around. They're getting clues. We, We saw none of this in episode, but here it is in flashback. My favorite part is when we see Daphne and Velma watching the same scary movie that Shaggy and Scooby did. And uh, Daphne's all, like, cuddled up under the blankets like she's scared of a scary movie. Which is ridiculous, because it's like a cheap Godzilla knockoff. Godzilla's not scary. She got a little high. Okay, well. It's a bad trip. (laughs) It's a bad trip. (laughs) I'll buy that. She really shouldn't have done those psychedelics. Yeah. Um, that Velma carries around that microscope to produce. Is this like a drug lab thing? Is that, that why that she always might, has microscopes? This might explain it. This is why she always I has do, slides. Does a microscope help you make drugs? It could, like, you could look at the crystal buildup of, of crystal meth okay. and shit under it. So, like, you, you, so you think they're, <laughs> they're doing crystal meth? <laughs> no, I was just giving you an example of, like, how you could use science and drug production. Okay. You could probably make a higher grade crystal meth by examining it. Part. At a molecular level. And you know what? Here in this Olympic fun... village, they could to- they could make a bundle. Here's a fun fact. When Breaking Bad was released and actually got into the science of crystal meth, yeah. crystal meth quality jumped up across the world. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like that's crystal... Vince Gilligan? Crystal meth got better because of Breaking Bad. <laughs> Everyone who was addicted to crystal meth was like, my, this is much improved. <laughs> Okay, that's rude to the people that are addicted to crystal meth. It's not their fault. It's a disease. No, yeah, yeah, thank you. But I'm, I'm glad their product got better. Probably means there's less bad stuff in it for them. Or more bad stuff. Yeah, Did true. it get better as in stronger or? But, here's, here's, li- listeners, I hope none Always of Always buy try- your crystal <laughs> meth from a reputable source. Like Brian <laughs> Cranston. <laughs> Um, woo, we got, uh, no wonder we don't get sponsorships. Let's move to our minor mention. This episode's sponsored by Crystal Meth. I don't need sponsorship. I'm not gonna let anyone curb what I say to the internet. Let's move on to minor mentions. Uh, the first one is Diane. We never get a last name for her. Uh, she is involved in running the World Invitational Games. And she's the one who actually invites Shaggy and Scooby to participate. She's a British lady. She's got a segue. And she makes a deal with Scooby to, like, get Shaggy to run. Because it almost feels like Shaggy is hesitant about it. But then mm-hmm. as soon as she's like, to Scooby, you can be his coach. Scooby's just like, deal. Like, no one right. really 100% takes Shaggy's feelings into it. But Scooby says it's on, so it's on. 
she also so she gets this statue for the Olympic Games. It is a statue of uh, um Fortius. Fort yes, for, it's a, for Forticus. For, is there a Fortius. C? That's what I was just looking Fortius. to confirm. Yeah, I didn't know if there was a C in it. I, I remember. I wrote down Proteus, so that's wrong. It is a statue of Fortius, the first winner of the World Invitational Games. However, there are rumors that it was a cursed statue. And she went ahead with procuring it. Yes, because curses aren't real. Obviously. I guess. I guess, I guess in a <laughs> real world scenario, I wouldn't balk if someone said this was a cursed statue. Yeah. Still, you'd think it would be cheaper just to build one on site. Why do you have to, like, where did this come from? What are the shipping costs incurred? Well, what are the price? What's the price to send your athletes to the Olympics? There's probably, you have to pay money as the country. Oh, for to sure. To the country that they get sent for to. For sure. So, I mean, Greece is pretty broke, yo. Maybe they just sent the statue. Sent the statue So on that itself. they could also send their like, athletes. Like, hey, remember us? We did it first. Uh, please take this. Yes, please get the EU to help us. <laughs> I also want to say, uh, Diane is British, and she has a very natural accent, which is odd for Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, she kind of sounded like Amelia Clark. Daenerys Targaryen's actress? Um, she's not. She is... I figured she's not. Well, who who knows what the year? Could have been pre-Game of Thrones. Um, No, she wouldn't have gotten any work pre-Game of Thrones. (laughs) Anyways, no, her name is Janet Montgomery. And I just want to say, good job. uh, Because normally in Scooby-Doo, we'd get someone who sounded like this. Okay, I'm going to go out of order for the minor mentions and go straight to the sweepers. The janitors yes! of the Olympic Games. Oh, I wrote down down too. Have very rough accents. One of them, I think, is either supposed to be Irish or Scottish. The other one's definitely going for like you know, a, when you have janitorial staff in England, you got to slum it type right. accent. <laughs> Highly insulting. Yeah. Why is the Irishman got to be the one pushing the broom? I also want to point out that those two custodians are both up on the pillar of the statue, sweeping it. Sweeping the statue podium. It's a two-man job. That, that's where they start cleaning up all the confetti. You gotta start at the statue, work your way down. Oh, so like, alright, from here, I'll go north, you go south. <laughs> yeah, it's just the two of them, you see. But they start in the same position so that they can lament about how it's just the two of them before they right. break off and, you know. Or maybe they maybe they did everything else and now they're meeting up there. Either way, uh, love the two custodians. <laughs> Um, there is Steve Looker, who we talked about. Is it his last name actually Looker? I think it is Steve Looker. I wrote down Ludger, because that made more sense to me as a last name. Uh, no, it's Looker. L-O-O-K-E-R. And as I've gone to confirm, I do want to say Scoobypedia describes him as very handsome and has an extreme musculature. I wouldn't say he's any more broad than Fred Jones. No. Maybe, maybe more classically, like, he's a, he's a little more swarthy, with his dark hair and, and eyes. Is he... is he meant to look like Bruce Jenner? I don't think so. I Are think you sure? He's look just... at that hair. That's a, that's a hip Bruce Jenner hairdo right there. Steve is a, is a really nice guy. I think Steve needs to get credit where credit's due here. He is trying to beat the world record for pole vaulting. And seems to be very close to it. But he's he's very cordial to the old record holder. He's just nice to everybody. Wouldn't that mean that every other pole vaulter is about to break the record? 
the record's got to just be about height. It can't possibly be about just how many jumps you've made. Yeah, it probably is, but the other pole vaulters who are there probably know they don't stand a chance against Steve Looker. Why? He's so, he can go so high. Presumably, high on the pole. presumably all of them should. <laughs> That's what they're here for. All the other pole vaulters are like, oh, I've never got up. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Jack Riggins is next. He is an old pole vaulter that uh, retired from the sport to go into sports casting, as a lot of athletes tend to do when they mm-hmm. run out of money. <laughs> he is now a games beat reporter. Um, loves ice cream. He fucking he, loves ice cream. Always has an ice cream cone in his hand, and it is so hard, just in general, to take a man holding an ice cream cone seriously. It it is literally like his character trait. He at one point. He says, ice cream's the answer to everything. As the camera pans down to a mysterious liquid near the crime scene, ice cream's the answer to everything. To me, way too big of a clue. But <laughs> uh, How about the fact that when the giant statue trashes the village, he skips the he ice skips cream it. shop? Yeah, there's a... Gee, I wonder who's the villain? There's like a fucking red circle around that ice cream shop with the word clue written on it. Hey, they didn't crush the ice cream shop. How lucky's that? Listen, Jack, we're on to you. <laughs> there is one other red herring to mention, and that would be Igor Drozdov from Russia. And his coach. I wrote down them together. They're very, very Russian. Yeah. It is ridiculous that we are still ragging on the Russians in to 2012. 2012, and the Cold War is raging on. During the Olympics, it's just an American thing to rag on the Russians. Like, Americans, are you ever going to get the fuck over the Miracle on Ice thing? Oh, your team won against the Soviets in 84. Has your ice hockey team won since then? Shut up. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't follow it. <laughs> but I don't think anyone's going to say, like, the Miracle on Pole. Especially when Steve Looker appears to be like the ringer. Actually, I don't even know if Ivan was a pole vaulter. I don't think he was. He's just also here. <laughs> we're just we're just glaring down the Russians for no reason. What did you call him? Ivan? His name's Igor. Igor. Ivan's just the Russian name. <laughs> I'm just gonna it say all Russian names and I'm gonna get there been, sooner or later. Could have been either. Uh, at the end of this episode, when the statue is on the ground, dazed, Igor initiates a dog pile <laughs> yes. onto it. And I can't help but feel that it's totally meaningless. He's a pole vaulter. Like, maybe if he was a very enthusiastic wrestler, this would well, make sense. Well, that's the thing. I feel like it, Igor might have been, I mean, I could look it up, but I think Igor might have just been a weightlifter. No, he was there as the pole vaulting competition. He was just super top heavy, which is oh, probably okay. yeah, you're right. a bad idea for a pole vaulter. Okay. Well, I didn't write down any descriptors besides Russian, because that's all that they really wanted to give me. So, let's move on to the villain of this episode. Real quick, I want to talk about Velma goes over to talk to Igor after the first statue attack, because she's, like, collecting clues. But it's almost kind of like she's, you know, she saw Steve Looker and, like, mm-hmm. that's something. But, oh my god, look at that guy! Right? Like, He's, like, chiseled Russian yeah. jawbone. The close-cropped hair on the head, all the muscles, she's just like, get the fuck out of my way. Yeah, Daphne, you, you can have Steve. You gross 70s hair. Yeah, I'm going for a for a hard rock of Ivan. 
His name is Igor. <laughs> His name is not Ivan. <laughs> Moving on to the villain. Fortius. Uh, or rather, the statue of Fortius, the first champion. What I like about the statue is that throughout all his attacks, he seems to be getting different weapons. At first, he's got a discus that he throws, and then <laughs> he moves on to like a, a bow and arrow type situation. He's chasing down the runners at one point. That's kind of neat. Yeah, I like how he sort of embodies the entire Olympic spirit. I also fucking love the first thing he says, which is just, Let the games be gone! Like, holy shit, that, if that's not your DVD tagline, <laughs> you're doing something wrong. Um, one other thing he might have been able to yell, though, is, INCONSISTENT SIZE! <laughs> because whenever Scooby-Doo, or many things, have a giant character, ah, they can never really decide how giant that giant's going to be. Nah. And that's I fine, though, whatever. I don't take issue with that, it's what it is. <laughs> Um, his his main thing that we know of before there's any reveal is that he feels that there are no true winners here, that these are false champions, and therefore the games should be halted. Well, if this is an ancient Greek guy, he wants it all to be men, and he wants them all to be naked, and he wants it all just to descend into an orgy at the end of that, it. Ooh. I assume that's what the ancient Olympic Games were. Get your dicks out! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Greeks we're talking about, so yes. <laughs> but what what is going on here under the mask? It is Jack Riggins. Shocker. Shocker, Mr. Ice Cream Enthusiast himself. He has a giant uh, mechanized prop from the exact movie they were all watching on television the one night, oh. and he outrofitted it to be the statue, and now he's terrorizing everyone but especially steve because well put two and two together he's an ex-pole vaulter whose record is about to be broken what do you think he doesn't want done i i don't think he wants the record to be broken amelia yeah i don't think that either i think mr jenner haircut here is being terrorized so that he's so 70s he i mean admittedly shaggy's got no this guy's got more hair than Shaggy, and that feels like it should be illegal. Shaggy's hair is just unkept nonsense through any decade. This guy has got fucking sideburns. If you heard a huff just there, I want you to know I'm not upset with anything. The cat is just really going down on himself over here. Yeah, our cat has overgroomed his belly to an extreme, and he is just... He's going at he's going at his toes right now, so that's that's another. At least I thing. don't have to see his nipples when he goes at his toes. Feasibility for this, Billy? Well, I mean, he he takes a, an existing like mecha suit that was built for a movie. I don't know how he got access to that suit. He was uh, he starred in that movie, and he took the the mechanized suit home as a prize. Oh, I find that unfeasible. I don't think, you, you know, they didn't just say, oh, hey, Sam Neill, sure, take one of the dinosaurs. Well, Can that fit in your van? Sam Neill isn't on the level of this pole vaulter. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, and also, I feel like just like, they make something for a movie. It's for a very specific set of movements. There's a lot of... It's not just get into it and go. There are people, like, at the tech table fiddling with dials. I don't, I don't think this particular one is very feasible, Amelia. 
discounting all the real world uh, politics that goes into who the fuck gets to keep movie props, it's not the craziest thing we've ever seen. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's the craziest I thing think, I've ever seen. I think the giant fucking shaggy Godzilla that terrorizes Tokyo is a <laughs> hell of a lot more unfeasible in terms of mechanized robots. Wouldn't it be cool if this was like a repurposed of that mechanized robot? Because it is a dinosaur transfer. That's the other thing. He's needed to turn a dinosaur costume into a man costume. That's a whole... That- is it scary, Billy? Is it scary? It's pretty scary. It's not pretty scary. I always have this thing with monsters that should 100% not speak English speaking English. This guy should be charging at you, screaming ancient Greek. Ooh, that's true. I, like, I liked that it felt like the statue itself was embodied with a spirit. So but that sort of spirit? fit to me. An English guy's spirit? Not even a British guy's spirit. <laughs> because they're on British soil. Right. A fucking American dude is in there. It's not like, hello, I'm Fortyas. Because we appropriated the Olympic Games to create the World International Games. <laughs> in 1962. <laughs> <laughs> I gave this giant statue a three. I'll go higher than that. I'm going to, but not, you know, crazy high because we've just, we've seen a lot of real good monsters in Mystery Incorporated lately. This this gets a six to me for size. One step above five for size. Do you have any notes for the musical direction? Because I want to say real quick, oh boy, it's not good. (laughs) When they do their like athlete montages, that is some of the worst crappy music I've ever heard. It felt, um, it just felt to me like they were just reappropriating a lot of music. It felt like it was like, all right, we have our music library here. Let's, let's stick them in. This was a DVD episode. Um, like, I don't know how the funding for this worked. Because there were, I think, like six or seven of these DVD episodes that we're going to cover. They were probably all produced like a little season. Um, which is interesting. But I don't quite know how that... To me, the music didn't really pop off at all in my head. I wasn't uh, the, wasn't stoked. I wasn't offended. The music used specifically for the Olympic areas. Like, the spooky music was fine. Spooky stuff is happening. Here's just some standard Scooby-Doo stock music. Olympic games are happening. It's awful. I don't were know they, how to describe it besides, uh, oh god, just stop it, please. Were they trying to, like, sort of infuse it with, like, that, like, Olympic sound? Like, I would need to go back and listen to the soundtrack of the 2012 London Olympics and it, compare. No, it's possible that they were trying to make it sound ancient Greek or, like, triumphantly game-like or the such. It's just bad. Okay, hey, that's, you're allowed. Do you have general thoughts and feelings beyond the music? Two that I haven't mentioned. First... Why are the athletes on the pitch working out while the crowd is in the stadium? It's a big pitch. I feel like maybe there are different games going on at different parts of it. Like, all right, I'm the vaulter. I'm going to warm up while the runners go around there, while the shot putters huck their rocks. Well, then if you're in the fucking nosebleed section of the stadium, how are you supposed to know? Is this the official race? Right. Why is the guy from America got a dog feeding him chicken wings? <laughs> like, That's the thing. Like, it feels more, it's less a spectator event and more like, hey, these are your Olympics. We're here to actually compete and get shit done. You can watch if you want, but it's not for you. That's what it feels like. Last general thought or feeling after 
the statue attacks either two or three times. The Olympic Games bring in extra security to keep their athletes safe. Their extra security <laughs> is two British police officers. Yeah. yeah, these two unarmed British bobbies are really going to take down this giant fucking statue. They are unarmed. They do not have guns in Just England. A, a, well, they have tasers and they try and tase this guy and he cannot be tased. It's, it's, it's maddening. I, I agree with you there. I two yes. British cops. Well, what are they going to do? Two to whistle at it? Amelia, well, it's... well, well, what's all this then? They're going to call it in on their British police box and get other unarmed police officers in? I feel like they just wanted you to know that it was England. And they're only going to get to do... They're all, they, I'm only going to know it's England if they bring in the cops with the stupid hats. Yeah, that's an, it's a network note. They said, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see London here. Actually, fun, fun fact, on Scoobypedia, this is listed that this is Velma's first time in the real London. Because the last time she was in London, it was a simulated amusement park. Of the Sherlock Holmes? Yes. We haven't been to London since then? That's what that's, it was claiming. That's so sad. Yeah. Well, here you are. You're back, and it's, it's in 2012 for the London Olympic Games. And I hope you had fun. Listeners, I hope you had fun. If you'd like to reach out to us, we can be both found easily on Twitter. I am at TheBillySeguire. Amelia is at FatalAmelia. And we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Dues. You can also find individual Instagram accounts. Mentioned it earlier, if that's something you're interested in. I'm at FatalAmelia. Billy's at... The uh, Billy Seaguire. No, I don't think it's the. I oh. think you're just Billy Seaguire on Instagram. Well, you know what? Try one. Just If you can't find it, keep looking. We also have all our old episodes on YouTube, our WordPress page, and Tumblr, since the RSS feed cuts out, and you're probably only seeing from episodes, like, 350 at this point. Yeah. And I have my own personal YouTube channel, Fatal Amelia, where I do retrospectives and little comedy videos and shit on spooky stuff. The only thing left is to ask, is this a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't? It's 22 minutes. It's in a cute style. We get a little animated opening like we did on like the Camp Scare movies and stuff. Love That's very cute. It's a Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it's a Scooby-Doo from me as well. Specifically, for the reveal that Daphne and Velma were busy solving the mystery. That, that just put a big smile on my face when we actually got to see them solving the mystery alone while Fred and Shaggy sought Olympic gold. <laughs> Uh, coming up next is, I believe, Big Top Scooby-Doo or Scooby-Doo Big Top something, something Big Top. Bedlam in the Big Top. We're going back <laughs> to uh, Where Are You for that. No, we're not. We're not. We don't go back. We only go forwards. If you're interested in going back on my personal YouTube channel, I actually did do a little eight minute comedy video on oh, Bedlam in the Big Top. Well, hell yeah. Go check that out. And until then, from us, that's Scooby-Doo. Bye. What do we say? <laughs> and, from and and on and on that note, that's it from Scooby Doo. Yes, <laughs> Scooby Doo. He forgot our outro. It's it's been a, what? How did I do that? Did we end the stack count with our regular outro? We no, I can't even. Remember. I think we did. Even I'm just having a day.